Come be a part of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics with your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. Hear the voices of liberty speaking all across America. Doc Holliday provides thought-provoking interviews and commentary about the issues and actions that are afflicting this country and what we need to do to get America back on track. Get fired up. Get inspired. Get on board with Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right now. Once again, that's the sound of rock cracking. You got Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right here on webtalkradio.net. I'm your host, Dr. Ed Holliday, and we're going to get right into the show because the epicenter of uh, the riots, the looting, what started in Minneapolis, Minnesota with the killing of George Floyd that we've covered earlier in the shows. Well, we're going straight to the epicenter in Minneapolis, Minnesota, where Congresswoman Ilan Omar is now uh, the Congresswoman of Minnesota 5th District. And we have her challenger, Republican Lacey Johnson. He's African-American, running as a Republican, but he's getting some Democrat support, support from places he didn't expect. And one reason why is he's not a socialist. But Ilan Omar is. Welcome to the show. And who is your opponent, Lacey? Uh, I call her the invincible Ilhan Omar because the media and uh, political pundits, uh, they're pretending like she cannot be defeated. But I tell them uh, David defeated Goliath and Titanic was supposedly unsinkable. So I think we got a surprise in store for her and uh, the media and everybody else. But Ilhan Omar is is my opponent. And I think our, our listeners across the country know uh, some of the things that she's done. I mean, uh, she said something about 9-11, that some people did some things, and that does not resonate well across the country. How does that resonate in uh, Minnesota? That is not resonating at all. Uh, uh, first and foremost, uh, most people here, uh, in spite of their political views, are first and foremost American citizens. And uh, just as 9-11 united us uh, uh, 19 years ago, uh, people still have the memory of that, and, and they think that that's, that's being disrespectful. Uh, they also know that our first responders were heroic in the sense that while everyone else was running away from the site, they were running to the site. A lot of respect for our first responders and our law enforcement. And plus we have a, a large uh, Jewish community here, and uh, they really do not like the fact that she's so anti-Israel and that she's for the boycotting, divestitures, uh, 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 sanctions against Israel. In fact, uh, most of them are like me. Uh, they consider her an enemy of the state of Israel, and they just do not appreciate it. You know, that is something that you uh, that many people don't know. My listeners are across the country now, and, and they don't realize that she has been really a staunch anti-anything to do with Israel. She's been against when it comes to uh, what Congress can do, it seems like. And so that 
Uh, are they aware of that, that she's so anti-Israel? Yes, they are aware, and I should point out the fact that I have a, a, a relatively large people from Somalians, people, immigrants from East Africa uh, uh-huh. that are supporting me and volunteering for me. I have people from her community who know her very well, who know, who know the uh, uh, history and culture of Somali, and some of those people are just telling me that they were uh, born and raised to be anti-Semitic. And, and that she's just reflective of the culture that she's coming from. So, yeah, uh, both uh, the people in Minnesota know it, and we're getting it firsthand from the people that know her personally. Well, tell me, one of the things about Ilan Omar that's really disturbed me is the fact that just like uh, she's one of the squad, part of uh, Bernie Sanders' socialist and I mean, she she seems like she is a socialist and really goes toward Marxism. I know I hadn't heard her say anything against the Black Lives Matter organization, which is Marxist. Do the people in Minnesota, do they like socialism? They want Marxism? Is that the direction of people of Minnesota and Minneapolis really want to go? Minneapolis is kind of a microcosm of the country, except it's a little bit more leftist and Marxist and socialist. Uh, than some, and I say that in the sense that, no, they do not want any of those things, but once again, just like the challenge we have across the country, the media is basically whitewashing the danger of her stances. Many people are not connecting those dots, to be honest with you, because she's receiving protection from the media. But that's why it takes a candidate like me uh, to call her out for those type of things, uh, for her socialist Marxist views, and for and, and also for you know uh, Black Lives Matter, uh, the fact that they were founded by a bunch of Marxists, that they have a Marxist agenda, and, and that they have basically uh, usurped uh, the leadership uh, that we had uh, during the original civil rights movement, where that came from uh, religious leaders. And I'm pointing out the fact that uh, the people in charge of the movement now and, and their so-called march for justice, you very seldom hear the mention of God or anything religious or spiritual in their communication. And then you also look at what they do and what they say, and it's all about uh, robbing, stealing, killing, and destruction and things like that. So that message is coming across, and I am projecting that message. And with the understanding that there are a lot of, and what we say, there are people who are somewhat confused, and they still support Black Lives Matter in spite of all of that. And it's my job to get out there and educate people. And, and, and by the way, when when uh-huh. when I say to, to the constituents here that Black Lives Matter never show up uh, when we have violence in our community, when it involves black-on-black crime, uh, they never show up in the south side of Chicago or the west side of Chicago. They only show up uh, when the media is present, and that they only do that because they have an agenda uh, to push. And that message is, is resonating uh, within the black community and within the uh, community of CD Congressional District 5 in general. Do you think that uh, Elon Omar, does she support Marxism. Uh, I mean, she supports these socialist ideas, and I mean, do you think she's a devout Marxist? Uh, I mean, is she a coward when it comes to capitalism? 
Well, I know she wants to change the system, and I do know that she is not a supporter of capitalism, and I do know that the things she do and say uh, 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 leads towards a socialist, leftist, Marxist, uh, Marxist agenda. I can't read her heart, soul, and mind, but if I had to bet on it, I would agree with everything you just stated. Well, the, one of the things that I, I wish you could do is uh, I wish you would have a debate with her. Is she a, she is she sort of like a, a chicken to go to debate, or is she a coward? Will she not stand on stage with you? Uh, I think she is. Uh, well, we're working to try to get it done, uh, and we, we got some things to put some pressure on her to get it done, uh, but so far she has not done it, and I think uh, she knows that what she has to say in her issues and things like that, uh, will not stand up in a debate uh, environment. In fact, it, it's true with most Democrats uh, that uh, they can, as long as they got media protection uh, between them and the public, where the media is, is picking and choosing and painting themselves in the most positive light, they can take all kinds of crazy stands, and they figure they don't have to debate. Makes her afraid of debate, and and, and perhaps cowardly so. Uh, is that there would be no one to protect her and to take things out of context. And they will see her for who she really is, and they will see the difference between uh, my stance, my pro-American stance, my pro-free enterprise capitalism stance, my pro-individual uh, uh, liberty and freedom stance, my pro-democracy stance, and her stance is that uh, uh, all the options on all those different uh, areas. Well, Lacey, I know... All across America, people, what happened with George Floyd and a knee on the neck, I mean, it's just despicable. I don't know anybody that uh, does not, just didn't, it just turned their stomach what happened. And yet with the looting and rioting and the things that have gone on, it it uh, it concerns people about, you know, safety. Can we walk out in our communities? Uh, and you look at uh, major big cities across America, and right there in Minnesota, where you are, it's a epicenter. So, where do you see what? What do you see happen? What What is going wrong? And he said, "You mentioned something that's very important." I've talked to several civil rights leaders. Martin Luther King Jr.'s niece is Alveda King. She's a friend of mine, and we've talked about things. And and some others have marched with Dr. King were telling me that. This, these, the riots, the pushing by Antifa and Black Lives Matter, the organization is nothing like Dr. King would do. Dr. King, you know, he, and, and uh, also, you know, uh, John Lewis, they despised violence. They, they, you know, worked against any kind of violence. And yet we see organizations and people saying, you know, it, it uh, you need to be violent to get attention, and and I don't I I haven't heard your opponent uh, say anything against violence. Has she, has she come out and openly said that we need to support the police and not have violence? No, I think uh, she's just taking the opposite uh, uh, viewpoint. I think she's supporting uh, uh, Antifa and Black Lives Matter and some of the uh, uh, riots and destruction that they're doing uh, since. Uh, the George Floyd killing, uh, she has called for the, well, at first she called for the defunding of the police, and once she found out that wasn't not popular, and her and her other Democrat, leftist Democrats, once they found out that wasn't popular, they went to the term de, de, 
demilitarizing the police. But, you know, people are not uh, dumb. They understand that she's playing a word game. So the community is strongly against that whole idea. The community knows that 99 or 99.9% of the police are good people. The community knows people that's on the police force. And so, uh, of course, they're not supportive of that. The community also knows that uh, as a result, since the George Floyd uh, uh, killing has happened and creating this negative uh, image behind the police, that we, we've had a significant rise in murders and gun violence. We've had a significant rise in home invasion and, and car hijacking. Mm. And, and the community is smart enough to connect her as well as the rest of the leftist Democrat uh, failed leadership uh, in Minnesota, from the governor to the mayor to the city council to the county commissioner, they know they're all Democrats, and, and including Omar, and that they are largely responsible for the conditions that's happening uh, uh, post uh, uh, the killing of George Floyd. And, and uh, Lacey, you just laid that out perfectly for me to ask this question, but I, I don't live in a big city. I know a lot of Americans don't live in big cities, but we look what's going on and we go, why do the citizens keep voting these uh, far-left Democrats in in the five decades and longer? They've been in charge of a major American cities, and uh, I'm sure it's the same in Minneapolis as far as Democrats being in control, and then they blame everybody else, but they've been in uh, control, governorship, Senate, and, and, and uh, Congress, uh, members of Congress, they're in, and mayors, they're in total control, so... Are people so fed up that they're finally ready to say, I am so mad, I am going to change something. I'm going to stop voting for these leftists and try somebody like Lacey Johnson. Are they that mad yet? Uh, they're getting there. We have to slowly uh, chip away at it, Doc, to be honest with you. And the main, the fundamental issue, the fundamental challenge is uh, most Americans, I think, have good intentions. But if you think about it, if you sit around all day, and the news and information uh, that you consume come from CNN or MSNBC or ABC uh -huh. or New York Times or Washington Post, uh, you, you just start with a bad knowledge base. And over the years, and keeping in mind those same media outlets just town Republicans and, and present them as a bunch of racist, sexist, uh, uh, bigots, people get in their mind uh, and they start believing that. And really what you're trying to do is change the heart, soul, and mind of people. And you're dealing with emotions, and you're dealing with instinct, and you just have to keep chipping away with that. I know as a fact that, you know, there, there are people here. I talked to a young lady that supported me. She finally supported me, and she's known me all my life. She's known all the good works that I've done. She's known my character. She's known that I've been out here working hard in the community, trying to make things better for the community. But she still has a hard time. Uh, well, voting Republican. Right. I've gone into churches and, and, and gotten standing ovations uh, for my messages. Uh, but once again, I hear back from someone in the congregation. They just have a hard time with that Republican brand. So that's what we're slowly trying to chip away at. Uh, so it's just not uh, uh, stating facts and figures and logic and data to people. It's trying to get to their hearts and minds. And it's going to just take some hard work and constant pounding. And, and, and once again, I think it's going to take the Republican Party to understand that that's what we're up against and have a definitive strategy to deal with the negative portrayal of the Republican brand 
in the media. You are so right with that insight, Lacey. And uh, in just a minute, I want to ask you something about the African-American senator from uh, Republican from South Carolina, Tim Scott. But first, let me remind our listeners, you are listening to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right here on webtalkradio.net. We are speaking with Lacey Johnson, the challenger for Omar Elon Omar, Congresswoman, one of the squad members, a socialist by all means by the way she votes and talks. And we, we know that uh, Lacey is very much a free market capitalist and also a Republican trying to win a heavily Democratic area. And you know what? I believe you can do it, Lacey. But uh, let me also remind our listeners that uh, we do have new people listening on the line. Welcome to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. You can go like us on Facebook, Dr. Ed Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. Look us up there. And also uh, listen to our show every week. New shows uploaded every Monday. And so go back in our archives and listen to our shows. We'll tell you some things that you won't hear anywhere else, but right here on Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. Also got a book called Bedrock Truths. You can click on a picture of that on uh, our web page there, or you can uh, go to www.docholiday.org, and you can get the book Bedrock Truth, written by me and Dr. Alveda King, Denise and Martin Luther King, Jr., and also Dr. Alex McFarland. So if you don't have that book or you know a liberal friend that really needs to know the foundations our country is built on, then uh, order that book, Bedrock Truth. Now, let's get back to Lacey. Well, one of the things that I... I think would help. Of course, the media won't cover it. I know uh, Senator Tim Scott had a had a great police reform bill. The Democrats just deep sixed it; wouldn't even look at it in the U.S. Uh, Senate. But now, one thing that he has done and has been important is I call it like focused capitalism. Is the enterprise zones in in uh, in you no know, major cities that are are economically, you know, been just economically devastated. So do you understand uh, Senator Tim Scott, the black uh, Republican from South Carolina, and very smart, just just absolutely a very smart person that intellectually understands the economy and what's needed in these uh, de- depleted places in our big cities. So well, how do you see to get that focused capitalism into Minneapolis and how it can make the economy just turn on a dime and, and grow and multiply and provide jobs. Yes, uh, as a matter of fact, I am a manager's partner in an Opportunity Zone uh, wow. Venture uh-huh. Fund, uh, which, of course, you realize, as you indicated, was uh, one of the designation in the uh, uh, 2017 Tax Cut and Jobs Bill, and Tim Scott was the main architect of that. We're also trying to get Tim Scott here in Minneapolis uh, for one of my events. And I hope we're successful. I hope you do, yes. But, 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 yeah, so we, we'll just start and keep doing what we're doing. I'm in the process and other opportunities zone of bringing high-tech companies. They're moving from the suburbs. They're bringing with them hundreds of jobs and things like that. So once people start seeing the results, I think eventually we're going to turn uh, uh, people's heads and turn their hot and change their hot and minds. And one of the examples I use is that uh, the uh, support for uh, President Trump and the Republicans uh, jumped uh, 9% after the Republican National Committee convention. Right. Uh, once people were able to see for themselves and hear for themselves without the media filtering, taking things out of context, 
and, and, and paint the Republicans in the worst light. So I think, once again, we just need to keep working hard. We just keep need to get results. And eventually people will start seeing for themselves. Uh, when we bring these hundreds of jobs in these four districts and we see, they see companies growing up and they understand that a lot of this is due to Republicans, both politicians, uh, Republican investors, and they see people moving in from the suburb with these jobs and they see people in our community in high level of management and things like that, I think we will slowly chip away. But, it, but it, it, it's a journey. Uh, it's a process. Right. Uh, and it's not anything that's, that's going to happen soon. I think you probably uh, uh, saw the uh, uh, film Uncle Tom, uh, where right. the Republicans, I, I don't think they really appreciate uh, the opportunity that they have. I don't really think the Republicans fully appreciate that if they just invested a little money in people like me and candidates like me and the communities that we live in and, 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 and try to uh, uh, go against what, they, what people are hearing in the media, that they have an excellent opportunity uh, to turn the uh, uh, inner city, black community, people of color, poor communities, uh, into the camp of the Republican, especially when you add, of course, as you pointed out earlier, the history of the Republican Party and getting things done uh, uh, for people of color in, in our community. Well, Lacey, one of the things that you mentioned at the, at the National Republican Convention, it was the, they had more African-American speakers than they've ever had before at that convention. I know someone says more than any Democrat or Republican convention ever. ever. And uh, Herschel Walker, the, the Heisman Trophy winner, uh, he said that it was an insult to him that people called Trump a racist because he said that, you know, he's known him all these years, over 30 years, and why would he ever be friends with a racist? But we had other people bringing this out where, like I said, the media loves to use that term, and I understand so many African Americans feel like the Republican Party stands for racism, which is, you, you know, and it's completely wrong. You wouldn't be in a party if that, you know, if, if it was. But you are right. It needs to fight against what the media and what the left-wingers want everybody to believe. But I did like one of the things, well, Herschel Walker, he said, you know, not everybody liked the uh, way Trump did things, but he said not everybody liked the way he ran over him on the football field either. And I, <laughs> and I remember Herschel Walker, I <laughs> oh, uh, a University of Mississippi fan at, at Ole Miss, and I remember watching in the stands and Herschel Walker dragging six Ole Miss guys into the end zone. <laughs> I mean, it's just so So I know. And, and that's where I see people like Lacey Johnson. I, you uh, can uh, drag people into the victory line and some of these Democrats that – they just feel like they can't vote for a Republican, but they can vote for Lacey Johnson, and they can improve their communities, and they can see the growth and what people want to invest in, and in, in right there in Minneapolis. So uh, I want you to be like Herschel Walker and, and drag these Democrats across the finish line to get you elected. Now, well, well, I am trying to do that, and part of that is educating how uh, politics works. Uh, part of that is letting them understand. When you're looking to a politician for love and respect, you're looking for it in all the wrong places. That what we're looking for for our vote is a return on investment, a return on our vote. And so that message is resonating in, in, in certain areas. And, and they know that my background is software engineering in the corporate world and business. And once again, I, I stress to them uh, what we want to do is, is get results and outcomes. And I stress to them, uh, I've worked with 
uh, 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 people like the president, and they really are just concerned about getting results and things like that. So, so the message is resonating. And once again, if we can get people to start focusing on uh, how have your life changed, and one of the messages I'm saying to people, look, I don't care whether it's a spouse or friend or whatever, if they've been telling you that they love and respect you for 40 years and they have not made a positive, measurable, visible difference in your life, you need to rethink where you're looking for your love and respect that. And so that message is uh, basically resonating. Well, hopefully that will give people the courage to uh, vote Republican for the first time, many of them. I'll tell you what gives me courage. I love history. One of the parts of history that just really, it it, it just uh, makes me goosebumps get on my arms when I think about what it took, the courage it took for the first Minnesota infantry. And you know what I'm about to say. And, Mm -hmm. And I hope everybody in Minnesota knows that history is such a beautiful story, how these uh, about 260 uh, men from uh, Minnesota is on the second day of Gettysburg, right at the end of the day, and after furious furious battle all across the battle lines, and and uh, the fate of our nation was in the balance, and and there at the end of the day, Robert E. Lee had sent there was about two thousand rebels, uh, the Confederates found an opening in the line. Uh, the Union line, and there was the, well, a quarter, half a mile wide, and all they had to do was run through that, and it could it, it could have been disaster for the Union Army. They could have gone straight to Washington, D.C., and just handed a huge defeat. And, I mean, the nation could have been lost right there. But General Hancock of the Union Army, he saw those, those Confederates coming in, and were, they were going to split the Union Army. And, and he looked, and he... He saw only men he had. There was about 260 of the 1st Minnesota Infantry. And he, and he told them, he gave them the order to charge. And they had to charge into those 2,000 uh, rebels that were coming through. And they did, knowing it was yeah. going to be suicide, knowing that many of them, most of them weren't going to come back. And right. and it saved America. It, it, uh, it literally... They needed five minutes for Union reinforcements to come up, but he had to sacrifice those men and the 1st Minnesota Infantry. They were willing, and they did. Out of that 260, I think it was less than 50 made it back, and they were willing. And that's why I know there's still patriots in Minnesota that love America, and they don't want to see us be socialist or cap, you know, uh, Marxism. They don't want to see us go into socialism and Marxism and so uh, I, I hope you find those patriots. I know they're there, and I hope they can save America from the Marxism and socialism that's headed our way if we don't have some patriots that stand up and, and, and look for the truth and look through what all the media, the rhetoric, and the political ads, look through that and see that Lacey Johnson and what you stand for and what you've been up there for all these decades, it counts, and we need patriots to stand up and Find Lacey Johnson on the ballot and vote. I don't care if you never voted for Republican before. It's you, we got to stop this mess of socialism and Marxism headed our way. Well, I think you hit on another area where uh, the leftists uh, really are doing uh, our country a disservice. Uh, in most cases, most uh, public education, K through twelve, college mm-hmm. and beyond. They're not even teaching that type of American history 
mm. anymore. In fact, they're not teaching any history or civics at all. It is so a shame. A lot of these yeah. uh, young people don't even know anything about that. In fact, if you notice, most of the people out in the streets rioting and things and committing destruction are young people who, who all their lives they've been basically basically brainwashed by the public uh, school system uh, where they don't know these facts. In fact, I think that every American, if the public school system was doing its job, everyone should uh, study the Civil War. Everyone should watch that documentary, The Civil War, by Ken Burns. Right. Once you do that, you get a whole different perspective on the progress that we made. You have a whole different perspective on race relationships because you know John Absolutely. Brown and what he did and how, what he did mm-hmm. to start the Civil War. Uh, my middle name is Lee. You'll get a totally different perspective, perspective of, of General Lee, who was first offered uh, uh, the command uh, of the Union right. Army. But in those days, uh, uh, honor to your state and allegiance to your state was more important than allegiance to your country right. and how he, how he struggled with that. And you see the type of person he all was. And even if you don't agree with his statue, you will understand those people who do uh, look at him a certain way. And I'm talking to you as a person whose middle name is Lee. And right. once I watched the Civil War, I started understanding why so many people down, down south had Lee in their name. And so, but once again, uh, the public school system and pop culture and media, all those uh, have combined to basically miseducate, undereducate the American citizen, and we need to uh, do something about that also, Doc. Well, uh, and Lee, uh, say I called you Lee. Okay, Lacey Lee. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and, and people, they can tech, detect by my accent, I'm from Mississippi. And you grew up in Natchez, Mississippi, before you moved up to Minnesota. And see, if it wasn't for the first Minnesota infantry, we, we wouldn't have this country we have. And I'm glad they had the courage. And here I am from the South saying, you know, I, and I had relatives on both sides of the battle, but our nation, the, the nation that took down Nazis in World War II and, and fought off the, you know, and won the Cold War and, and two world wars, I mean, this is America has a role in a, in the world history. I think God has given us a place to be. I'm just I'll just flat out say God has blessed America, and we got places like Minnesota and our inner cities that have not been blessed. They've had economic hardship, and one of the reasons because they keep voting Democrats and left wing mm-hmm. policies for fifty years. But I believe God wants to bless America, and I just hope there's the patriots in Minnesota and across this country will stand up and fight against this socialism and Marxism by voting for whoever stands up like Lacey Johnson does for focused capitalism and enterprise and entrepreneurship and bringing jobs, great, good-paying jobs, to places like Minneapolis. Yes. And, and I believe we go back to what Dr. King said, you know, the content of the man's character, not the color of the skin, and I, I believe that, and I believe that's why he's, you know, we got a statue to a Baptist minister right up there, a monument in Washington, D.C., is because he loved God, he loved his country, and is willing to die for his country. And just like those first Minnesota infantry were willing to die so that this country could survive, united. And uh, and I'm glad patriots like that did. And so we've had a absolutely wonderful conversation and Lacey Johnson, Lacey Lee Johnson, you, you go work hard, and and I'm, you know, I just pray that the Patriots in Minnesota 
in Minneapolis there will wake up and get behind you and get you in Congress. Yeah, and thank you, Doc. Uh, we know that the Republican Party has a history of working for uh, a black community. Uh, we know that Frederick Douglass was a strong Republican, and what I'm communicating to people that I'm a Frederick Douglass Republican, and I'm just here to see what's good for the country, what's good for our community, what's good for people's family, what's good for each individual, and make them the best that they can be. That we live in a country of personal liberty and personal freedom. Uh, that you, if you have faith and you, you believe in family, you have good habits, make good choices, uh, you're willing to work hard, that you can be anything you can want to be in this country. And so if anybody wants some more information on me, my website is LaceyJohnson.com. And I just really appreciate uh, the opportunity to talk to you. And my campaign people get on me because I'm kind of partial to anybody from Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope that will help you in Minneapolis. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks, Doc. Uh, thanks for being on. And that was Lacey Johnson, and he's running for the Minnesota 5th congressional district i will tell you right after i taped this show the very next day actually two of his campaign uh, aides were attacked probably not anything from the election uh, at this point they think it's just uh, a random act of violence which is horrible but it shows you why we need to elect uh, lacey johnson there needs to be a change in minneapolis needs to be a change there in a lot of major cities across america after 50 decades of uh, liberal leftist democratic rule yes there needs to be a change and and one of the aides was killed a 17 year old was shot and killed other ones injured and it's just horrible that uh this kind of crime rate is going up and this is a city that wanted to defund the police and 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 change everything about the police that's minneapolis we need to change who is in Congress there. So pray for Lacey Johnson. Help him out where you can. And we'll see you next week on Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. Thanks for joining us today. And remember to listen again next week for another edition of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. You can order Ed's new book, Bedrock Truths, by clicking on the book cover right in front of you on the screen. Or visit DocHolliday.org. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you again next week.